Hello, and welcome to Workplace Fairness and Dignity. My name is Cecilia Akufo, and I am from the Boston area. I worked in human resources for approximately 10 years as a staffing recruiter until I was fired from a job I loved because I spoke up about abusive behavior. I created this podcast as a platform to promote the normalization of workplace fairness and dignity and to promote organizations that are committed to employee fairness and dignity. On today's episode, I am following up on a news story from my previous podcast. In that podcast from Sunday, January 24th, in the second half of the podcast, I talked about the Governor General of Canada who resigned her post when accusations of abusive behavior towards her staff came to light. The allegations came from current and former staffers who said that she led an environment that was toxic and that she bullied staff. Additional information on the story is also in my January 25th blog post at workplacefairnessanddignity.blogspot.com. The title of the blog post is High-Level Government Official Forced to Resign Due to Bullying and Harassment in the Workplace. In a letter to the editor in the Globe and Mail on January 26th, a male reader wrote that in his 50 years of practicing employment law, he never saw a male leader lose a job for treating staff badly. He makes a point that bullying behavior is always unacceptable, but his ultimate point is that penalties are applied unevenly. The writer does have a great point. It reminds me of a common belief that men who are considered heels in the workplace are just considered hard driving, and women who are heels are considered, well, they would be called a very sexist word that I don't use. But to limit the options that could come to the listener's imagination, let's just say such women would be considered a word that rhymes with dish. I do recognize that women get penalized for certain behaviors in a way that men don't. My feeling, though, is that a heel is a heel, whether in male or female form. Actions of treating people with dignity and respect or conversely demeaning them shouldn't be associated or credited to a gender. I have also learned in my studies about organizational behavior, there are men who do get penalized in certain environments for not coming across as aggressive or dominant enough. On January 27th, the Globe and Mail published an article online written by Robert Fife and Christy Kirkup titled Review into Julie Payette's Tenure as Governor General Details Allegations of Aggressive Conduct, Public Humiliations. Regarding the former lawyer's comment that such behavior doesn't lead to men getting fired, it's a shame on us as a society that that behavior is tolerated. If that behavior is considered unacceptable from a woman, but normal coming from a man, we have a long way to go towards being enlightened. Under Canada's equivalent to the United States Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA, the Globe and Mail obtained the report prepared by Quintet, the company that investigated the allegations about Julie Payette's behavior. The resulting report included reports of yelling, screaming, and aggressive conduct, demeaning comments, and public humiliations. The report said the following, according to the Globe and Mail. The review team conducted 92 interviews, including current and former employees. The terms used by participants described the workplace environment during Payette's tenure. They used terms that include the following, hostile, negative, toxic, poisoned, 
climate or reign of fear or terror, walking in eggshells. Other descriptions said the conditions included disrespect, a non-inclusive workplace, employees were stressed and worn out. Additionally, during Payette's tenure, many employees left. 13 people said they took sick leave because of the work environment. Staff turnover was at record levels. 16 people left in less than six months. Quintet said the stories were so consistent regarding the negative environment that it was a serious problem that required immediate attention. I mentioned in the previous podcast and in my blog post, Payette's public statement included the following observation. We all experience things differently, but we should always strive to do better and be attentive to one another's perceptions. This supports the idea that Payette doesn't understand why her behavior was unacceptable because it seems she thinks the workplace abuse and bullying, it's about the perception of the people on the receiving end of her behavior. One of the complaints lobbed against Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who appointed Payette to the post, is that Payette didn't undergo a thorough background check, according to some sources. The sources said that no one reached out to speak with previous colleagues who would have known her in the capacity of manager. I did read in another article where one fellow astronaut spoke about her as a great colleague and of her professionalism when they worked together. This doesn't surprise me. I've seen too often people who treat what they consider underlings with disrespect, but who behave in a different way around those they consider their equal in rank and therefore people worthy of their respect. Prime Minister Trudeau, for his part, said that the vetting of Payette was rigorous. Yet, another article talks about how he disbanded a nonpartisan committee, of which the duties included recommending nominees to be hired into the governor general position. Trudeau was wowed by Payette's star power. She had dazzling credentials. A former chief astronaut of the Canadian Space Agency, Payette had an engineering degree, attended McGill University, speaks six languages, performed with the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. Orchestra. If they had vetted just a bit more, they would have learned that in 2016, she left as head of the Montreal Science Center when employees there complained about her verbal abuse. Now, Trudeau has to explain how that wasn't previously discovered. The other explanation is that he or his team may have known of the information, but the information was ignored. There were similar complaints, the Globe and Mail said, from when she served on the Canadian Olympic Committee. One of the morals to the story is that policies should be applied equally. If an organization has determined a hiring policy, then it should apply to everyone. When I worked in a previous human resources role, I was the person who ensured that hiring managers completed all steps of a background check, including credentials and professional references. I angered at least one vice president by insisting that I could not authorize a hire on behalf of the organization until the background check was completed according to the organization's policy. In addition to self-preservation, meaning that I knew who would be blamed should there be an issue post-hire, and that would be me. So in addition to that self-preservation, it's just so much more expensive and disruptive to oust someone who started a job if it's discovered that they misrepresented their credentials. And I've heard about those stories in the news media, including about college presidents who didn't have an undergraduate degree and who lied about that in the hiring process. But the appropriate checks weren't completed by the hiring organization. 
While the prime minister says that the background process was followed, quote-unquote sources said that an application-based process was not. So, as the former background check police, what I hear is, pay it was so important and so high level that an exception was made to the normal processes. As I asked last time, are there human beings organizations are willing to sacrifice for an individual with all the right pedigree who is allowed to treat others poorly with little to no accountability? Quintet's report cost close to 400000 Canadian dollars. As I said in the last podcast, it costs a lot to protect bad management. The lessons here are many. But here are my takeaways. The people hired to do the job of vetting should have been allowed to do their job and to do it thoroughly. If you have a policy, it should be applied fairly and equally. If you make exceptions, such as with checking a background, you should be transparent about why you're making an exception and be sure you can defend the exception. Your rank and file workers keep the organization running. And who you choose to lead and motivate them matters. Hiring someone who denigrates and doesn't care about your employees is going to cost you more in the long run. That's the segment for today. Tune in next time. 